Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to the Story Church Podcast. Our podcast features audio from Sunday mornings at Story Church in Peru, Indiana, a community on the mission of connecting people's story to God's story. If you'd like to connect with us further, check out storyperu.com. Our hope is that today's episode helps you take your next step on your faith journey. Hey, let's give it up for one year. It's awesome. Yeah, seriously, thank you guys for being uh, here today. I'm excited that we're here today because we made it here today, right? Like one year, they said it couldn't be done. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I hope you believed it could be done, but I'm really glad to be here. And uh, I am looking forward to today. So we kind of shifted our plans uh, late last week, I think. Originally, we planned to continue our series, Sacred Questions, today and kind of like say, hey, look, it's one year, that's exciting, and then move on. Uh, But about midweek, I was like, no, let's make this a big deal. Uh, I was telling our team about it. And Sarah was like, yeah, one year is a big deal. And then she like added on the caveat, like, I mean, five years is like a bigger deal because it's like you made it. Anybody can do one year. But anyway, I'm glad that we're here. And I thought we should celebrate this today uh, for a couple of different reasons. But today might feel like a little bit of a unique Sunday. Um, For those of you who call story your church home, I hope today is encouraging. I hope you can remember and think back. Maybe you were with us a year ago or even in our launch team. Uh, days as we were just talking about who we were going to become. And my hope today is that I can remind you of those days and the vision and the passion and the energy that we all had then and I believe still uh, can have today. But if you're new here, it might feel kind of odd. The whole thing is not programmed to be like a Story Church infomercial or anything like that. Uh, But rather, I hope for you, if you are new, that you at least get a taste of what is at the heart of our church, that you kind of see what's under the hood and, and what drives us forward and why we believe what we're doing is important and really why we want to invite you to be a part of what God is doing here as well. But that's kind of the power of that first year that we've been in together and the power of the launch season that we were in before uh, we launched Story Church. If you don't know our story, it's kind of complicated. Uh, we've had like three different names in three years and three different starts and kind of stops and restarts and whatever. Uh, But I can remember launch season uh, last April, not like 2022, but April of 2021, uh, we had an Easter service together. And that was like the first service of Story Church. And then for a few months, we hunkered down and we went into this launch team building phase where we were looking for the people who were gonna lock arms with us and who were gonna say, yeah, I wanna see this church be a reality. I wanna move things forward. And uh, at those meetings, We talked about the things that we valued most. We talked about the vision or the dream of what we wanted Story Church to be. And uh, for me, it was a season where I was constantly like, man, is it going to work? Like in that season, again, I was like, is anybody going to sign up for church plant round three? Right? Like, will they take me seriously again? Did they ever take me seriously? These are the questions that were running through my mind. Uh, But when we gathered together, what we did in those early days is we talked about the kind of community that we wanted to become. We talked about the things that we valued most. And when you're in a startup mode like that, when you're getting something started from the ground up, the number one thing that you have to have to keep you going is a white hot vision, a white hot vision for what you want to see become a reality. And in those days, I can remember, that's like all we were running on. That's the only thing I had to overcome all that insecurity was like, I believe God can do it. So like, they won't show up for me, but maybe he'll make it happen and and off we went. And uh, when I'm talking about vision, maybe a good definition of it, at least as it relates to the church, it's this mental picture of what could be connected to the conviction that it should be. 
Yeah, a lot of us have ideas and we're like, yeah, that could happen, but I think an idea becomes a vision when it gets the passion behind it that says, no, not only could this be true, but it should be true. It should exist in this community or it should uh, be a cause that we champion along the way. And I think for many of us in church, when we talk about vision, uh, maybe you already feel like kind of weird, like are we all gonna have visions? It's not that kind of church. But uh, <laughs> when we talk about vision, sometimes we have misconceptions about how vision happens. And sometimes maybe we even get this from scripture because for many of us, when we talk about a visionary leader or somebody having vision, maybe you picture something like this, uh, this picture of Moses, there he is, uh, just like up on the mountain, ready to receive from God. Like, Like vision happens when the holy man goes up in the holy place and waits for a really long time and then God shows up and he says, here's the plans. And then they come down from the mountain and maybe even like their face is glowing and they're like, this is the way people, here we should go. Uh, maybe for you, when we talk about vision or visionary leadership, that's what comes to your mind. Maybe even for you today, as we're celebrating one year and looking ahead to what's next, maybe that's like what you're expecting from me. And if so, you're going to be sorely disappointed because that's not what we're doing today. In fact, in our church, uh, that's not how I believe vision happens the best. Sure, there are moments where God can lead any one of us individually and give us a nudge or a whisper of, of what he wants to do, but I think vision in Story Church is at its best when vision is a shared project, when we all recognize that we all have a part to play in the story, that, that vision isn't just like my idea, that I'll certainly lead us, I'll certainly direct us, I have some stuff to share with you today that I'm really excited about as far as what's coming up next, but I certainly don't have all of the answers. And around Story Church, it's not my way or the highway. Like we're all involved in the project and the community that is Story Church. And that's not a new to me idea. It's not like I came up with this idea that the church should be like that. But actually at the very beginning of the church movement, that's how it was designed to work. Peter, who was like Peter who followed Jesus around and and followed him and eventually denied Jesus, but then eventually followed Jesus again. He wrote a letter to the first century church, the church that he was kind of a leader over. And he wrote this letter and he described the church in this way. He said, you like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And a few verses later, uh, he says the same idea a little differently. He says, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I know there's a lot of like church religious language in there and you're like, okay, what is he saying? So I'm a house now or a temple or a priest. Like I didn't sign up for that. What Peter is getting at here is he's talking uh, to early followers of Jesus who were trying to figure out what their faith was supposed to look like as they lived it out. And they were used to going to a holy place like a temple and meeting with a priest who would intercede on their behalf in order to communicate with God. But Peter turns that on his head and he says, no, no, because of Jesus, that's not the way that we interact with God anymore. Rather, you are all priests. You all have access to God. You don't have to go through a holy man or he doesn't go up to the mountain and receive the vision, but rather we're all included. We're all invited to participate and we're all invited to bring the vision that God has put in each of us to the table when we create this movement known as the church. So that's what I hope we can do today is just remind you of why we're doing what we're doing here uh, maybe even take you back to those early days and remind you about that white hot vision that we had at one time and invite you to carry it with me into another year. And it's important for us to do this because the truth is white hot vision can go cold if we're not careful. 
Like vision is kind of like microwaved food where it can like burn real hot for a real little bit and you can burn your mouth. And then if you wait like 30 seconds, it's freezing cold in the middle. That's kind of how vision can work. And so what that means is we have to be intentional to keep the vision white hot and keep the vision in front of us. The truth is the temptation of every organization, whether it's your PTO or your neighborhood association or the local church, the temptation for every organization over time is to turn inward. And in fact, maybe the church can do this better or worse, however your value system says, than anybody. Because isn't it the church that like maybe starts a new church, kind of like story, and we reach a bunch of people, and then we gather together, and we're really excited, and God is doing amazing things, and then a decade or two later, we're arguing over the color of the carpet? Like, isn't that the church sometimes, where we're like, we had this outward-focused mission, and then sometimes we get distracted by inward-focused things. Another way to describe this dynamic that I'm talking about is to simply say that vision leaks over time. If you can imagine with me that you and I carry around vision buckets for every aspect of our lives, whether it's your family or your career or for Story Church. We carry around this bucket full of vision, but there's a hole in the bucket, dear Eliza. And, and like, imagine it's like just a little crack. If you've ever had a bucket like that, just over time it slowly leaks out and slowly leaks out. And if you're not careful, that white hot vision can eventually drip down and drip down and drip down. And so what that means for us is we constantly have to refill ourselves. We constantly have to refill ourselves with a reminder of why we're doing what we're doing. And I think it's important for us to do this today, not only to remind ourselves, but because celebration can actually be a spiritual discipline. Celebration can actually be a part of our faith journey. And in fact, time and time again, God instructed his people to build altars along the way. And that was certainly an act of worship to God where they marked how God had shown up in a powerful way. But it was also a reminder to the people as they celebrated how God had shown up in significant moments in their story, it gave them confidence to trust them again in their future. Uh, maybe even a different way that we could say this is uh, that when you celebrate the past, it's easier to believe in a bright future. When you celebrate where God has shown up in the past, it's easier to have confidence in the future. And this isn't just an Old Testament idea, but the Apostle Paul actually wrote about this to the church in Rome, and he wrote about it in this way. He said, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Now, he's talking about the stories of God's people as recorded in the Old Testament, but the same principle applies to us. When we look back and when we remember how God has shown up in the past, it can teach us things, it can encourage us, and it can give us hope for the future that God's going to show up again. And that's exactly what I hope happens today. Again, when you celebrate the past, it makes it easier for us to believe in a brighter future. And I hope that's what happens as we step into year two together today. But as I said earlier, last year we were kind of setting the foundation for what Story Church would become. We built this team, we started having services, eventually we opened the doors to everybody else. And all along the way we established uh, what we call our core values, these guiding principles that were non-negotiables for the kind of community that we wanted to create. And uh, along the way, we also had some fun moments that I want to mark and I want to celebrate too. Uh, do you guys remember back in uh, like April around Easter when we had that random snowstorm <laughs> on the day that we had an Easter egg drop planned? <laughs> yeah, that was a crisis of faith moment for me because I was standing out there in the hallway like, do I call it off? Do I go for it? What do I do? It was kind of a defining moment in some ways as I talked to our team members and we were like, no, we're these kind of people, right? We're gonna be this community that like, we'll do an egg drop in the snow and we'll work hard and maybe nobody will show up, but like, we're gonna put the effort forward. And thankfully there are people who are crazy like us and we had like 250 families show up 
in the snow, and it was an amazing thing. And so that like got baked into our DNA that we're like, we're going to be those people. We're going to do events like that, and that'll definitely show up again in year two uh, when we get back to Easter time. Um, we've had some fun weekend experiences together, whether it was Christmas together or celebrating Easter or even the fun we had this summer with At The Movies. We tried uh, to create creative environments that were welcoming to all sorts of people and, and were fun along the way and hopefully enjoyable, like that can happen in church. Church can be enjoyed, not just endured, but uh, we had a lot of fun uh, over the past year. Something else I wanted to celebrate and acknowledge is uh, we invested in the next generation last year. We make it a priority every single Sunday that we have our kids' environments across the hall where kids aren't just given childcare, it's not just babysitting, but they actually learn how to connect with God on their level. And uh, that picture over there is our crew from Story Students when we went up to Pine Lake uh, this summer. It was a lot of fun, and it's been cool in the past year seeing that group of students shift from people who just like kind of knew each other from church to this like little tribe now that runs around together. And uh, I experienced that last week because we had uh, a bunch of sixth or sorry seventh graders uh, bump up and join Story Students. So we had this whole new crew of students, and you could tell everybody from last year was like, "Yeah, but like we're the originals." Right? We, we were there. So it was a cool thing. Uh, that other photo there is from our child dedication event. And that was another event. Uh, it was powerful. Like Sunday is great. But I can remember in that moment being like, man, I love moments like this. Because what we got to do as a church is we set the table for families to have a significant moment together as parents spoke into the life of their child, as they actually spoke vision into their child of what they saw in them and who they hoped uh, that child would grow up to be. And you maybe can't tell in the picture, but everybody was crying, including maybe the pastor standing in the corner just like observing it all. It was an amazing thing, and so it, it's fun to celebrate those moments, but in the spirit of reminding us of our values and our vision, uh, with the rest of our time, what I want to do is I want to actually run through, again, our core values, these things we talked about in our launch season. Some of you, maybe you've never even heard them before. I honestly don't even know if they're on our website, and they probably should be, but they're these values that run under the surface of everything we do here at Story. There's five of them, five things that we've committed. Like, these are things that we can't live without. They're non-negotiables of how our church is going to function together. And uh, they're things that we'll never shrink back from, but that we'll put our best effort forward to make a reality around here. And so, you guys up for a little reminding this morning? I can tell you're pumped. Yeah, so uh, value number one that we talked about, they're all kind of equally important, but this one is like one of the ones that I feel like we have to absolutely keep white hot in front of us, and it's the value that we invite everyone in, that as a church, we're going to fight that temptation to become inwardly focused. We're going to stay an outwardly focused church, that Story Church exists for the people who aren't here yet, and maybe you've never thought about that, but like this church, if you're like all in and you like are, you're an owner here, you believe in the mission, you want to move it forward, you're a follower of Jesus, this church actually doesn't exist for you. And maybe that sounds kind of weird, but the truth is if we connect our hearts to Jesus and we understand what the church movement is really all about, we recognize that the church doesn't exist for us, but rather we are the church and we exist for this community that we are the church and we exist for people in Peru who are far from God. And we have to remember along the way that we invite everyone in. I was thinking about uh, just some moments where uh, this value shined and, and showed up in a powerful way. And this one story, it actually goes before Story Church. Uh, this is back in 2020, remember then, uh, when we were a part of Northview Church. And uh, I can remember 
we had uh, what we called an owner's gathering. You'll hear me say that a couple of times throughout the morning. Owners are just people who are bought in that story. There are leaders who give and who serve and who connect in groups and who invite like crazy and make Story Church happen. And so from time to time, we gather those people together just to talk about how things are going. And uh, we had a owner's gathering in late February of 2020. You remember what was coming like two weeks after late February of 2020? Yeah, the world shut down. But we gathered together. Yeah, we were meeting in this room. And uh, I can remember we all gathered together. And specifically, we talked about this value of inviting other people in. And and as we were sitting there, we had this kind of creative idea. We took keys because it's an owner's gathering, right? And when you're an owner, you get the keys. And, And so we handed out these black keys. And we said, hey, this is like representative of Jesus saying you have the mission. Like, you have the keys. It's yours to carry if you're an owner of this church. And uh, what we did is we challenged people to take a pen and to write on that key the name of somebody that they knew that wasn't connected to church, somebody who was close to them but who was maybe far from God. And, And so we said, hey, write a name on that key. Keep that key with you. Like, you can put it on your key ring. It doesn't unlock anything, but it can be a reminder for you to pray for that person to look for opportunities to invite that person, just to ask God to to open the door for that person to maybe connect their story to his. And so we handed all these out. It was a really cool moment. Two weeks later, the world shuts down. We all went through a lot for a few months, right? And to be really honest with you, I kind of forgot all about the key thing. Like we handed them out and it was like, this is the big vision. This is what we're going to do. And my vision bucket apparently had a giant hole and it just flushed all out uh, over those two months of COVID. And and so then as the year went on, eventually in the summer, we were able to gather again together outdoors. And we started doing these worship nights in McConaughey Park. We would hang out like once a month and sing and pray together. And I can remember it was at one of those gatherings uh, towards the end of it a student walked up to me. It was Noelle Farthing, if you know her. She deserves to be bragged on for this. She came up, and uh, she had this girl with her. And, and like they walked up together, and she's like, hey, this is Emily. So I'm like, cool. Hey, Emily. <laughs> like, great to meet you, child. And then I, like, I'm going on with my life. And then Noelle pulls out this key, and she's like, look, it's her name. Like, Emily's my person, my key. And I was like, oh, my gosh, right? A student led the way. A student led the way. They, she understood the power of inviting. And, and like, I wish I could tie up the story in a bow and be like, then Emily gave her life to Christ and she's now a missionary in India or what? That didn't happen. She came back a few times and who knows what God did in those moments in her story. But I was just blown away by the faithful invite of what, a seventh grader at the time? Of a student who was willing to say, hey, come with me. Right? And here's the thing. Some of y'all have keys, okay? And I've only got one back. So, it's a reminder for all of us that this value is still true. It's still important for us. I- even here at Story Church, there's people who are amazing at this. Uh, the Dixon family, you've heard me talk about them before. They're, uh, they attend 9 o'clock. He was the guy with the hat that said amen, if you were paying attention. That was amazing. Uh, but he and his wife, Mindy, they've made it their goal to fill a row at the Roxy. So every week, they're like posting on social media. They're creating events. They're like, we're going to fill the row. I've just met people in the community. Like I signed up for a Y membership and the lady behind the desk was like, hey, do you know the Dixon family? <laughs> I was like, yeah. She's like, oh yeah, they're trying to fill the row. I was like, how do you know? Because they invite like crazy. Because they get this value. Because it's in them. It's, it's in their DNA. And for all of us, right, that's something amazing that we can celebrate. But as we look to next year, I wonder if we could double down on it. Right? I wonder if we could raise the temperature back up on inviting people in. Because like, here's a crazy thought experiment. What would happen if each one of us, over the course of the next year, invited one person, and they actually came. You know what would happen? It's not hard math. 
our church would double. Our church would double if each of us reached one person. And it happens when we have the courage to step out and actually make the invite. I mean, that's why you're here, right? At some point along the way, somebody invited you or you saw something online or whatever, but I would be willing to bet, rather than our clever marketing, you had a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or somebody who said, hey, come check it out with me. And you said yes, and now here you are. You can do that for somebody else too. And so as we're moving forward this year, maybe here's a question that can challenge you as we move forward together. Who's close to you, but far from God? Right, who do you have a relationship with? And look, I get it. Like relationships are more normal than that. It's not like you're like, yeah, those people are so far from God, but we hang out with them. You may not know, but what if you found out? Right? Like who is close to you, but not connected to the local church? Who's close to you, but far from God? And what if you prayed for them? What if you had the courage to invite them? What if we kept living out this value that we invite everyone in? I think we might see God use us in powerful ways over the next year. So let's keep it white hot as we move forward together. The second value we talked about in that launch season is that we all have a role in the story, that the church isn't a professional sport, that professional ministry isn't like you get a salary so you do everything. Actually, if you, this isn't in the talk, but if you like read through scripture, my job as a pastor is to equip you to do the work of ministry. My job is to give you the tools to live out the God-given things that he's put inside of you because we all have a role in the story and the local church is working best when we're all engaged, when we're all moving forward, when we're all bringing our whole selves to the table. And as far as celebrating this, man, I've got to brag for a minute on our volunteer teams around here. Our kids team is amazing. And you guys may not know this because they do such a good job, right? You're not distracted by kids running around here like crazy and your kids don't come home crying and upset. But beyond that, they're amazing because it's a really small team. So there's a group uh, that runs our Story Kids ministry week in and week out. And the way that they make it happen is they basically all said at the beginning, hey, I'll serve every week. Can you imagine, right? Like they serve every single week, week in and week out. They show up faithfully. They serve during the week as well. They'll do curriculum prep and just help make our lives easier to make sure your kids have an incredible environment. And it's an amazing thing the way that they show up week in and week out. Uh, our guest services volunteers, again, they're amazing. They make the lobby feel so warm and welcoming and put up fun photo backdrops for us and make sure check-in runs smoothly. And like, it's incredible. Do you know how much worse this church would be without warm coffee? You should thank these people because they show up week in and week out and they make it happen. Our production volunteers, they're incredible, right? They make sure that we can do this and you can hear me and you can see everything. And again, they get here early, uh, stuff you guys don't think about. They get here early, they stay late, they come to rehearsals, like they give up a lot of their time to invest and try and make these environments possible. Same for our worship team. We could use a better male singer today, but like beyond that, these guys show up, they go above and beyond. It's a small team again and in fact, like, can we, like, make noise for all of those teams and all those people I just mentioned? Yeah. Because here's the turn. As we look into next year, here's what I need you to know. Those people are amazing, but we need more of you. We need more of you to get in the game. And, and like, here's the dynamic that's happening at Story Church. It's very normal. Uh, again, I've started this thing three times. I've seen it happen, like, three different times. Uh, what can tend to happen as you launch something new is there's a small group of very committed people who go above and beyond for a season to get the thing off the ground. And that's what we have happening around here. I don't know if it's truly the 80-20 principle, but if you've ever heard of it, there's this principle that basically says typically 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And I don't know the math, 
but I would be willing to bet that could be true, right? There is a small group of amazing, bought-in, white-hot vision volunteer leaders around here who are making it happen week in and week out, but as we move into week, to year two, we need more of you. We need more of you. And, and here's the thing, I'm very confident in making that ask from you, because if they were all here today and they had microphones and they could talk to you and they weren't too tired on that particular weekend, they would probably tell you that it's actually good for them too. That it, it's good for all of us to put our giftedness into play and for all of us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. That it actually reorients our perspective and it helps us grow on our faith journey when we're in the game and when we know our role in the story. So if you're not involved yet, maybe this year is the year that you take a step in that direction. And there are more opportunities than you think that there are. We were talking about it this week. We need people who bring uh, breakfast to fifth and sixth graders every single week. That's a pretty easy way to serve, right? You can even go to McDonald's and pick it up, and if there's leftovers, I'm happy. So like, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways you can be involved. Set up, tear down, uh, serving on guest services, make sure the coffee's hot. If you can sing, like, please let us know. We'd love to have you be a part of the team. I would be willing to bet there are more opportunities than you think there are to be involved around here. So get in the game this year, and, and let's move forward together. Speaking of, the third value uh, we've said over our launch season is that we move our stories forward, that our faith journey is actually a story that unfolds, and we don't want to get stuck in one chapter, but we want to continue moving forward and growing spiritually, and uh, we've seen that happen over the past year. We celebrated baptisms early on in the year and had nine people take that first step in their faith. Uh, every time that we have new people join us, you may not think of that as like a spiritually significant thing, but I do because it means they potentially are connecting their story to God's story for the first time, or, or at least in a new way as they're getting connected in community. So we've had new people show up almost every week. Uh, people have taken this first step of giving for the first time. Again, that seems like maybe a logistical thing, like we just have to pay the bills, but it's actually a spiritual thing. They're saying, hey, I trust God enough to give this thing a shot. And so that has been amazing along the way. Uh, I'll talk about it in just a second, but we are uh, in the process of launching our groups, and so people have stepped up. They're leading groups, they're connecting in groups, and uh, all of those things are spiritually significant things. And I just bring it up again, as far as looking ahead to year two, to remind us to keep going. Like personally, what would it look like for you to take a next step on your faith journey? Here's something that I'm eager for. I said we had baptisms like early on. It's been a little bit. And maybe you don't know this, we can do them whenever you're ready. And I would be willing to bet, we haven't talked about it a ton recently, which shame on me for that, but I'd be willing to bet that there are people sitting in the rows probably today who have never taken that significant step in their faith where baptism is just about publicly saying, hey, I'm all in with Jesus. Right? I want to be a part of this faith community and, and I'm all in with Jesus. And I bet there are people who are sitting in the room today who'd be like, yeah, that's true of me. I've just never signed up. Maybe you've even felt that little nudge or that little whisper from God that's like, hey, maybe you should do that. But you've never like, taken that long step to grab your phone and fill out the form or to stop by the tent. And if that's you today, my question is, what are you waiting for? Like, what are you waiting for? We would love this year for you to take that step in your faith and for it to be this milestone marker of what God is doing in your life as your story with Jesus continues to move forward. And so if you want to do that, you can sign up today at storyperu.com baptism or stop by the tent and we'll like mark it on a card. And, and even if you're just curious, even if you're just like, hey, I want to know more about what that even means, mark on the card and I'll meet with you and we'll talk about it. And if it's the right step for you, we'll make it happen. But we're planning to celebrate that even more in this next year. Uh, if you're like even farther back than that and you're like, look, I don't even know what you mean by spiritual growth. Like where do I start with any of this stuff? 
Good news, we have an environment. Uh, we did it one time last year, and then I got distracted and forgot to do it. But we're going to do it every month in this new year, starting this month. We have an environment called Start Here. So if you don't know where to start in being a part of Story Church or, or on your faith journey or, or just to take your next step on that journey, Start Here is an environment that happens, it's going to happen the last Sunday of every month after our 1030 service. We'll just hang out for a little bit. It's really informal, but you can get to know me a little bit. You can hear more about the heart of our church. And really, we can talk about what your next best step might be whether that's joining a team, whether that's finding a group, whether it's a certain Bible study or question that you have, or whatever it may be for you, the idea is we want to give you a starting point in your faith journey. And so maybe if you're like, I don't even know where to begin, start here, right? Start there in a couple of weeks, and uh, I'd love to meet with you there and help you take that next step. A couple more values that we have. Uh, we said that we don't journey alone, that the faith journey, that our stories, it's not about just me and Jesus and, and all of our quiet time together and privately, but to really follow Jesus will lead you into interacting with other people. That faith grows best in the context of community. And something to celebrate is that we do have small groups starting. Uh, in fact, this week on uh, Thursday, I took my daughter Eden to Seven Pillars for dinner because my wife was leading her women's group that was just gathering for the first time. And so I was like, okay, well, Eden, what do you want to do? And she's like, pizza. So I'm like, cool. So we go to Seven Pillars. And uh, there was another group from Story that was meeting there. And I tried to sit far away and keep Eden distracted, but they were like, no, come sit by us. So I like pastorally eavesdropped on them uh, for the whole time. And it was amazing for me to get to hear them answering those sacred questions that we talked about. Like, where are you? And what do you want? And, and just hearing them go below the surface. These are people who've known each other for years, but those prompts were like working and helping them form a community where they could encourage each other. And here's the thing. I want to see more of that in story. I want to see more of us connecting in that way. Like, spoiler alert for the men in the room, I have like a pretty lengthy list of guys that I'm like, I'm going to start a guys group. And uh, so if you want to hang out with me, let me know. You can get your name on the list. <laughs> it's a very exclusive list. Uh, but like all of us deserve and need to be connected to somebody else. And as our church grows, it's gonna get more and more difficult for all of us to know each of us, right? We can't all know one another in a deep way, but everybody can be known by someone. Everybody can be known by someone, and that looks a lot like the church was always intended to look. In fact, in Acts chapter two, when the early church is being described, there's this line in uh, verse 44 that says, all of the believers were together and they had everything in common. And like, don't get nervous. We're not starting a commune today or anything like that. But I do love that idea that everybody had a place, right? Everybody was connected to somebody, and I believe that's possible for us. So if you haven't tried out a group, this is a great season to do so. We're going to have discussion questions for our series moving forward and would love to have you be a part of all of that. And then finally, one other value that we have is that we live open-handed. And this is about generosity. And like all the air gets sucked out of the room, right? No, I'm just kidding. But Seriously, there's a lot for us to celebrate as it relates to generosity. And to be candid with you, in starting something new, in launching this church, finances were a big, like, I don't know, <laughs> right? I mean, like, it's just us now. There's no big mega church in Carmel or Kokomo or wherever that's funding us. Like, we're just, we're figuring it out. And on the early days, I was like, this is my salary. <laughs> like, this is my livelihood. And is God going to show up? Are people going to step out? And I can, like, celebrate with you today that our first year has been amazing that you guys did step up, that so many of you have been so generous in making sure that this place can exist along the way. And at the same time, you're probably picking up on a theme. More of us could get in the game. 
more of us could get in the game. We, we have this group of recurring givers who are amazing. They intentionally and deliberately give week in and week out, whether they've set that up online or they just show up in person and do their thing. Uh, and that's amazing. But I also know that there's people in the room who haven't gotten in the game yet. There are people who, who haven't taken that step and they're, they're not a part of story in that way. And I am unashamed in asking you that maybe this year, take that step. Because again, I think it's good for you. I, I think it's good for you to give because when you give, you're like your heavenly father who gave everything for you. Not only that, but in just a second, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about where we're headed next. And uh, I'll tell you this, our vision outpaces our resources right now. I think that's the place we should be in, right? We should always have bigger dreams than we can afford or else we're not really stretching ourselves, but it's gonna take more of us stepping up, getting in the game for us to make these things possible in the next year. And so if last year was about us kind of setting this foundation, uh, this next year we're gonna move the mission forward and uh, just really quick, before I like tell you what I'm hoping we all can do uh, as we step into a new year together, there's a few other things we picked up this year that I think are important for us to hold on to moving forward. They're not like core values per se, but they're things we've talked about and things that we've done. Uh, this first one we've hit a few times already as we've talked about inviting, but I want Story Church to be what Andy Stanley, a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, would say is an irresistible church. I want us to be an irresistible church, and what he means, and I mean by that, is we want to be a church that resists the things that actually make Jesus unnecessarily resistible, and some churches, a lot of churches have picked up stuff along the way that actually doesn't look anything like Jesus, but to be irresistible, we want to be like Jesus, because the crazy thing about Jesus is people who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. People who disagreed with Jesus were still drawn to him, and we want to be a group of people who stay committed to being like that in this community too. In fact, if there's like a guiding mentality or a guiding principle behind this, uh, it's found in the book of Acts when the first church was forming and there were these Jewish believers and then non-Jewish believers and everyone was confused and they were trying to figure out like, what do we do with the law? Are we supposed to still follow all these rules and rituals that we used to have or are like, we free to not do that? And what does it look like? And in this moment, it's found in Acts chapter 15, James stands up in front of the other church leaders and he says this incredible statement that I think could guide us too. He says, it's my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. That we shouldn't make it difficult for the people who are turning to God. And to be honest, there are churches all over the country who are making it difficult for those who want to turn to God because we get distracted by things. They might not even be wrong things, they're just lesser things. And we create barriers that keep people from taking a step towards Jesus. And that's not gonna happen at Story. We're not gonna be those people, right? We should not make it difficult for those who are turning to God, but we should throw open the doors as wide as we possibly can. In fact, I saw uh, this meme this week, and it's not scripture, to some degree, it may not even be fully true, but there's a tension that it reveals that I think is important for us to live in. And here's what it said. It said, at the end of the day, I would rather be excluded for who I include than included for who I exclude. And again, there are unfortunately faith communities where the name of the game is disliking the right people, right? Making sure that we're us and they're them. And as long as you keep them out, you're good and you're welcome. That's not Story Church. Like if we're gonna err one way, we're going to err towards inviting people in and towards including people even when it makes us a little uncomfortable. And maybe even as I talk about it, you're like, but like, who are we talking about? Probably them, okay, <laughs> if it's making you uncomfortable. But I want us to skew in that direction and to become irresistible in that way. 
two other quick things, and then I'll tell you the good stuff that's coming up. Uh, oh, I meant to say this. We do have a new series coming up next week, and it's going to be an irresistible series. We're going to talk about uh, the Bible itself, this thing that is vitally important to our faith but can often be a barrier to people. And so this series is called The Bible for Grownups. Uh, it's going to run for the next four weeks. And I would love for you to invite some friends who maybe have questions or just aren't sure what they think about the Bible because we're going to talk about how we got the Bible and, and understanding the story of the Bible is going to help us understand the stories in the Bible. And, and so for four weeks, we're going to talk about it. And uh, it's another great open door opportunity. Okay, I know I'm going long. I'll run really quick. Uh, two other things that we've talked about and that I want to keep true for us into the next year. Uh, in one of our series, we mentioned this tension that exists in our world, that on the one hand, there's our historic faith, Christianity that's existed for thousands of years, and then there's a changing world that we live in, uh, where it seems like there's new ideas all the time, and it's hard to know what's true and what's good in the midst of all of that. And we talked about how the church can tend to skew one way or the other, right, where we try and hold on to the ancient faith, and we, like, block out culture and block out the world, or we just go with the flow of culture. What we are going to do continually moving forward is we're going to stand right in the gap. We're going to stand in the tension, holding on to our historic faith, but learning how to apply it in an ever-changing context. And so, just so you know, I guess, we're committed to that moving forward. And what the, one other thing that's true of us, we've mentioned already, but it's going to be a part of year two as well, is we're committed to the next generation. We're going to continue to grow young as a church rather than just growing older. If you have gray hair, you're welcome here too. But we're going to deliberately focus on reaching the next generation because we believe the church, uh, the next generation are not the church of tomorrow. They, they deserve a place here today. They deserve a place where they can connect with God on their level and where they can engage in their faith and grow in their faith even at an early age. So to wrap up, what do I want us to carry into year two? Uh, there's a couple of things I want you to know uh, that are coming up and uh, because I'm a pastor, they all start with the letter I. Uh, but the first thing we've talked about a lot, I want you to keep inviting. I want you to keep inviting in this new year. Like, this, there's a lot to celebrate today, but we're certainly not done. God's not done moving through this church, and maybe one of the best ways he wants to move is through your simple invitation to a friend. And to make that even easier, I know all morning long you've been so distracted because you're like, whatever he's saying is important, but that t-shirt looks so amazing. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Some of you have been bugging me for a year, like, when are we going to get story t-shirts? When are we going to get story t-shirts? You can get them today, okay? But here's the thing. They're only free today. Okay, so here's what you can do. Uh, this is meant to be an invite tool. Uh, you can get a shirt that looks something like this if you go to storyperu.com shirts. And uh, there's a little button you can hit. You can do it right now if you want. If you're afraid you're going to forget, I won't be offended. Uh, you guys love t-shirts. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so you can go to that, hit the button, tell us your size. We're going to order them, and then we'll let you know as soon as they're in. But again, don't just wear it as a cool shirt. It's meant to be something that maybe somebody's like, hey, where'd you get that shirt? And you can say, oh, it's at my church. You want to come check it out with me? Like that was a three-sentence three invitation right there. Uh, and so that's the heart through which we're giving those. But again, if you want a free shirt today, sign up for it, and uh, we'll be glad to get those to you. We also have a display out in the lobby uh, where we're going to have invite cards in front of you every single week. So sometimes they'll be generic. Sometimes it'll be for a specific series or for Christmas or Easter, that kind of stuff. But every week that you're here, you're going to see this message that says, who can you invite with you? Because we're going to keep it in front of us for year two. Uh, the other thing we're going to do is we want to continue to have an impact in the community. And uh, we're going to work in the next few months to solidify some partner organizations that we can lock arms with who are doing great work in the community. And for the planners in the room, uh, we're going to put those partnerships into action on Sunday, October 2nd. Uh, we're planning a serving day. And so basically what that's going to look like 
is we're gonna do just a quick service here in person and then we're gonna go out in the community and we're gonna make a difference in different organizations or, or people or places that are in need. So if you're a planner, write that down. But in this next year, we're gonna continue to make an impact through our partner organizations. And then the other thing I wanna challenge you to do is I wanna challenge you to invest in this church like you never have before. We talked about it already in terms of serving, talked about it in terms of generosity and what's coming up next, but the big carrot I've been holding on to you for the end uh, today is I have an exciting announcement that we actually have the opportunity to acquire a property that can become the future home of Story Church. And so, yeah. Yeah, if you don't know, like when I talk about us planting this church like three or four times, we've been portable for all of those years. So it's a really exciting move for us. Uh, if you've heard chatter throughout about what's happening at the old Knights of Columbus building, there it is. Uh, so we, there's a whole story behind it. I'll share it with you on a different day, I promise. But uh, through a lot of God opportunities, we had the opportunity to acquire that property. But we also, through that sale, ended up getting the house that's directly behind it. So if you're like, but it's landlocked, we can make parking. Okay, so we got that house behind it. And if you don't know, uh, in the community, right next door to that property, there's also the old YMCA. And so that's a big fish that we're not ready to bite off right now. But whatever happens there, I think there's still some God-sized opportunity, either for partnership or uh, however that facility gets utilized. So I know that's like a big, here's the announcement. In fact, I went back and forth all week, like, do I tell you yet or do I not? Because we don't have a plan yet. And it's like fundraising 101 and big vision 101 to not say, here's what we're doing, but I don't know how. But like, <laughs> here's what we're doing, and I don't know how. It's someday, like we're gonna develop this property. It will be our future home. Uh, we're planning to give you more of an update in like a month or two. We're in like the planning design phase of all of this right now. But here's why I wanna bring it up today. As we step into year two, as this property is a piece of that story, I want us to have a bigger vision for our future facility than just creating space that serves us. There's, there's a lot of church buildings in this town, and, and they do a lot for a couple of hours on Sundays. I'm sure they're used in other ways too, but we don't need to make another one. I, instead, what I want us to do is I want us to dream of how we can use this space, sure, to be our church home on Sundays, but also to bless and to serve this community Monday through Saturday. And, and we've got all kinds of ideas of what that could look like, but remember what I said at the very beginning, that our future vision is not coming from me down from the mountain. It's like, God told me, here's what it should look like, go build it. But we want to invite you in on the process too. So we don't have the plan, we don't have the timeline, we don't have the budget, any of that stuff, that will come. But right now, here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to dream with us. Like, pray about how God may want to use this facility in our future. And if you have an idea, it's as valid as any idea that I have. In fact, we created a platform where you can share those with us. So if you go to storyperu.com or website slash dream, uh, you'll see there's a form there. And what you can do is fill out uh, this form. It's, I think it's just like your name and your email and what's your dream for year two at Story Church. Fill it out and we'll take it seriously. My only caveat is we won't necessarily do everything that we receive. Okay, so just because you're like, I sent it and they didn't do it. Right, we'll consider it, we'll take it in. But together, what if we dreamed about what year two could look like? What if we dreamed bigger than we even did for year one? Right? We believed that God could do it again and do it bigger, do something new in this community. I'm still signing up for it. And uh, as the band comes up, we're actually gonna wrap up by singing a new song. And uh, this song is all about that kind of big faith, big-hearted vision that says there's nothing that our God can't do. And, and so I'm really excited for the future around here. I really believe that there's more for each of us. Right? Each of us has a next step 
that we could take along the way. But I want to invite you, if you'd actually just go ahead and stand. Uh, We're going to sing this song together. But let's sing it with gratitude for what God did this past year and with big faith, big hope, big ambition for what God is going to do next. And maybe as we sing this today, like maybe for you, certainly for me, I want it to be a way that I say yes to God again. They say, God, like, year one was amazing, but you can have my yes again for year two. Whatever you want, wherever you want to lead me, I'm going to be a part of it. So let's together, as you grab onto this song, sing it out, celebrate what God has done, and open ourselves up to invite him to do it again in a new year. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in or near the Peru, Indiana area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. To find directions, service times, and information about our environments for kids, visit us at storyperu.com.